Good morning, dear saints. I pray that you are well and you are keeping safe and that you are encouraged in your faith. I want to continue with you this morning as we journey through the book of Revelation. This is session five. I didn't do one on Wednesday because some people had asked for me to slow down so they could catch up, and so I've done that. We're continuing on with the greeting that is given by John, and let me read those verses to you. It's Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. In the greeting of chapter 1, we encounter a threefold revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness, and because of this, we can be assured that God is with us. He is the firstborn of the dead, and because of this, we can be assured that God has redeemed us. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth, and because of this, we can be assured that God is sovereign over us. And that is our session this morning, that Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And I want to remind you that there's a revelation of Jesus Christ here, this threefold revelation of Jesus Christ, to bring us to a place of worship. We worship him because he is the faithful witness. We worship him because he is the firstborn over the dead. We worship him because he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And before we look at this third revelation of Jesus Christ, let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, for you indeed are our rock and our salvation and our Redeemer. In the book of Revelation, we see that it uses symbols to reveal how the world system and its governments fight against God and his kingdom to oppress the church. And we have only to observe what's going on in the world to see how this is constantly happening. We see there's a great uh, overwhelming sense of anti-Christ in the world today. And it doesn't take much to see that. John and his epistles tell us, and this is 1 John 5.19, we know that we are children of God. Isn't that beautiful? And that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now think about that for just one moment. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that, to think from a biblical perspective. But what the Bible states is that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That means that he influences and that he's involved in every aspect of the world and of society. In John 17, Jesus says this, this is verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Think about that just for a minute. In his very last prayer, one of the things Jesus prayed was that we would be protected from the evil one. Isn't that amazing? That means that we need protection. That means that there is something serious going on 
You don't ask for protection for someone if they don't need it. Now, the study, as we study the book of Revelation, we're going to see how the world system, with its political, social, economic, the arts, the military, and the media, all of these sectors are influenced by the evil one and his principalities and powers to overthrow the rule and the reign and the kingdom of God. And you think about that today, and you think about what's going on, even in our midst, there's something really evil about what's going on behind all of the crisis right now. Uh, there's evil in the way that nations are responding to things. Someone once said this, that Russia wants to conquer the world, China wants to own the world, and Iran wants to convert the world. Think about that for a minute. And when you look at what's going on in these countries, you can see that that gets really played out. And then even in our own country, in the midst of this crisis, how politicians respond, what they do, you can see where their hearts are. I'll leave it up to you to judge because everyone has their own political ideology. But I do know this, that those politicians, those countries that are allow themselves to be aligned with the things that go against the kingdom of God, that go against the, the things that Jesus Christ stands for, those politicians and countries, God will deal with them. And, and yet, listen to this, and this is why we've got to be really careful. There's no greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now than in Iran. The church in Iran is, is growing leaps and bounds. The home churches in Iran are growing leaps and bounds. And people are converting from, from being Muslims to becoming Christians. And many of them are having a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. It's the same in China, the underground church in China that is so terribly oppressed, that is so terribly um, set upon, uh, continues to grow. And in Russia as well, the underground church, uh, it's amazing the things that are happening there in the midst of great, great persecution. And in all of these places, I'm sure the book of Revelation takes on a new meaning. That's why we have to be really careful because, see, God looks at the hearts of people and he looks at, at what's going on in countries and his kingdom is always advancing. But the, the, the leaders of these countries, that's really a different thing, isn't it? And we need to be in prayer for those countries and being in prayer for our own country uh, that, that we would see the kingdom advance more and more. Uh, now remember, John had warned in his epistle in 1 John 4. Read, uh, uh, follow along with me. 1 John 4, chapter 3. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Now, you see, oftentimes we... we we think of Revelation in a really different way. 
and we think of it as all future. And really, remember, when we started out this study, um, the revelation was given, these are things that would much, much soon take place, the things that are happening now. And so we go back to what John says, and the, the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist is here already. Now, there's going to be a full revelation of him one day, but he's already at work. The mark of the beast is already here. That number is already stamped on the head, foreheads, all right? The thoughts and on the hands, the actions. And oftentimes we look at the book of Revelation and we think that everything is going to be literal. It's going to be real. But, but most of it is not going to be literal. What I mean by that is that the mark of the beast is already in the th- thoughts, in the minds of people, and in their actions, in their hands. And you can see it. You look around and you can see the mark of the beast very clearly. And people like to speculate about, you know, actually, you know, computer chips put in people and, and uh, you know, actually their foreheads being stamped and all of that. But it, it doesn't have to be like that. That's really not what, what I think Re- Revelation is trying to say. It's trying to tell us that these things are already present. And think about that. Um, just as there will be a final and complete revelation of Jesus Christ one day, there will also be a final and complete revelation of the Antichrist. But do not be mistaken, the spirit of the Antichrist is already present and at work. Listen to the warning of St. Paul. This is in Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. The evil spiritual forces affect the world system and it seeks to control it for their intentions and purposes and plans. And in the times of crisis, one only has to observe how nations and rulers respond to see the presence and activity of the Antichrist. And you can see today, as you, as you look at what's happening, there's just an evil behind all that's happening right now. And it, it can be frightening, but listen, Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Think about that. That's why. There's this revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you think of what's going on in the churches that this is written to, there was great persecution of Christians. It was a terrible time. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible time for them economically. Many of them were marginalized, and many of them uh, were at that time being persecuted terribly. And yet in the midst of this, the Holy Spirit the Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ wanted his church to know that he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be assured in the midst of the tribulation and chaos that might be going on in our lives right now that we have a king and he is sovereign. 
Now, the idea of the coming king is from of ancient of times. Listen to Genesis 49, verse 10. When Jacob blesses his sons, he pronounces this over Judah. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son, like a lion. He crouches and lies down. Who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom tribute belongs and obedience of the nations is his. Isn't that amazing? It looks forward to a time when the Lion of Judah will be revealed and there will be a scepter revealed with him. Jesus Christ had already come as the suffering servant, and now we see him as the king of kings poised to return. That's how the book of Revelation presents Jesus. The gospels presented him, and gospels of John presented him as the Lamb of God. Now the book of Revelation presents him as the coming king of kings. Listen to Numbers 24. It's Balaam's fourth oracle. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab and the skulls of all the sons of Seth. Isn't that amazing? Balaam looked way into the future, and he saw that star. Now remember this. The wise men saw that star, and in Matthew 2, 1 and 2, they came and asked asked Herod, where is the king of the Jews? Remember when Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And he responds, yes, it is as you say. That's in Matthew 27, 11. And remember when, when Pilate had Jesus crucified, he placed this sign on top of the cross that said, the king of the Jews. And when the Jews asked him to take it down, he said, what I have written, I have written. And all of this shows the the reality that from time eternity that God had planned that the king of kings would return. But it was in his perfect timing, and so it is today. The king of kings is coming back. But that does not mean he is not king now, and he is not working out all of God's will and God's plan in the midst of all the chaos that might be going on in your life right now and in the world and and all the evil we may see and and how the principalities and powers are at work. And I, I just want to remind you that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities and against the powers and against the spiritual forces of wit of of wickedness in the heavenly realms but all of those things work themselves out in the reality of of people do you see what i mean we battle against in a spiritual way against the principalities and powers but but they influence people and so it's a very real experience Uh, uh, the battle does take place on earth. And that's what the book of Revelation will show as we get deeper into it. It shows the battle in heaven and how the battle in heaven is, is carried out on earth. And, and this virus, uh, is a physical example of spiritual truth. And what I mean by that, the great evil, 
of the virus itself and how it harms people physically and causes them to be sick and some of them to die. Beyond that, behind that, there are spiritual forces of evil that are trying uh, to inflict a spiritual virus on the hearts and minds and souls of people. So keep that in mind. Not only, don't only just wash your hands and wear a mask, but wash your hearts and minds and put on the armor of God because the spiritual battle is just as real as this physical battle. Now I want to read to you Psalm 2. Psalm 2 is an eschatological psalm. Eschatology is the study of last things. It looks forward to the coming king. And let me just read it to you. This is a good psalm to read out loud if you feel discouraged, if you feel that the world is out of control, if you feel as if... um, the, 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 the powers and the principalities are overcoming. Listen to this. This is really beautiful. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. With trembling, kiss his feet, or he will be angry with you and you will perish in your way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. An amazing psalm that shows that God has set Jesus Christ as the ruler of the kings of the earth. And he is with much great patience and much great uh, grace waiting for the nations to recognize. Wouldn't it be wonderful uh, if, if the leader of China and of Russia and of Iran came to know the Lord? Now remember, you can never judge any political figure and you have to be careful. Because look at what God did with some of the rulers. Look at what God did with Nebuchadnezzar and how he changed his heart and some of the other rulers. And so uh, we simply just have to keep praying and, and ask that the, the ruler of the kings of the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, would, would come forth in an amazing way uh, during this time. And uh, this psalm is a beautiful psalm to pray through. Now, in the book of Revelation, um, we see the great sovereignty of our king. The world may seem out of control. The evil one may seem to reign supreme. And Christians may look as if they have no future or hope. But the truth is our king is sovereign over all things. He's at work in the midst of everything. 
His kingdom is here, it is coming to fulfillment, and our king is coming to overthrow all that is evil. That's the perspective that we have to have. Listen to how this theme is repeated throughout Revelation. In Revelation 17, 14, they will make war against the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, faithful followers. Isn't that amazing? You see, there is a great war, and it's only going to get worse, but our king will overcome The Lamb wins, and we are with him. We have been called, we have been chosen, and we need to be his faithful followers during these difficult times. Listen to Revelation 19.16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We are coming into a time when our worship of Jesus as King needs to be our primary focus. The rulers... Of the prince and the principalities cannot be placed above our ruler and our power. He rules, he reigns, he is sovereign, he is coming back. Perhaps our lives and the circumstances of the world do not reflect this, but it doesn't change the truth, and this is where we have to have faith, isn't it? Now I want to read to you the following admonition that Paul gives to Timothy. It's a timely word for right now, I think, and it shows us how to live in the, in the midst of these times. And let me read that to you, and, and uh, it is from 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 through 16. But as for you, man of God, shun all these things and pursue godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Now, Timothy was going through a terrible time. There was a lot of persecution, a lot of going uh, bad things going on in the church and in the world. And the first thing that, that Paul admonishes him with is, listen, just move away from those things and pursue some things. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. That's what we need to focus on right now. Righteousness, being right with God. Godliness, having our characters be like him. Faith, do we have faith that Jesus Christ indeed is the ruler of the kings of the earth? Love, are we expressing love? Endurance, well, that's a tough one. And then gentleness. And then he goes on to say, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all things, and of Jesus Christ, who in his testimony before Pilate made a good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Wow, that is a great passage to pray aloud, isn't it? Over your own life to remind you. I think if if you want to have a good quiet time sometime, pray aloud through Psalm 2 and then pray aloud uh, through this admonition given to Timothy. 
Praying aloud over Psalm 2 gets you to see the King and to see the sovereign God. Praying aloud over this passage in Timothy gets you to see yourself in, in relation to the King. It's, it's, really, it's really beautiful, isn't it? Well, I want to close with, with the prayer point for this session. I hope you're encouraged. I hope that uh, this prayer, and I want to pray this uh, for all of us. Holy Spirit, give us such a revelation of Jesus Christ as the ruler of the kings of the earth, so that we may see his kingdom in the midst of all our tribulations and the chaos that is presently going on. Set our hearts and our hands toward advancing that kingdom with a full assurance that Jesus Christ is sovereign in and through and over all things. Amen. Well, to, I want to remind you to be reading the, the book of Revelation out loud and especially just pondering our, our passages so far. Listen, we've only gone through uh, five verses so far. And so it, you probably uh, have them memorized by now, right? Um, and I want to remind you to read Psalm 2 and 1 Timothy 6 out loud. It's a, it's a great way to have a quiet time. And God bless and keep you until our next time together. Bye for now.